What's up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Nita. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We're, we're just a couple of artsy bitches learning what makes art good and how to talk about it and what makes art not good and whether or not art can be good. Damn. When was the last time we talked about like, a good piece of art? <laughs> oh, God. I think we should do something like good to give good energy to 2021. People want us to do Jennifer's body. But no, we we have to leave our rep behind as a horror podcast. I know. <laughs> what are like New Year's movies? The movie New Year's Eve? We should do Minutemen. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is just um, now this is just a decom and Halloween podcast. And then occasionally, it's a good movie. I mean, people also really want us to do Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor, but that is another, yet another scary thing. Once again, a horror. More scary things. I think we should kick off the year with Twilight. But that's just me. That'd be huge. I think think we should do Spy Kids. Spy Kids? Sorry, I'm like really, like, I don't know. I've been recently overcome with a desire to consume Spy Kids. I love this. Um, (laughs) Anyway. Hey, email us. Tell us what you want us to cover for the new year. What do you think will bring in the best energy for yeah, 2021? Yeah, where's the good energy going to come from? Where's that good energy coming from? Um, Big Mouth is great. The new season is awesome. I watched it. I've um, heard. I've heard. It's I was. Great. I watched a video yeah. essay about how they changed the actress for a black character. For Missy. Yeah. That was really interesting how they did it. I have some thoughts. Um, But this is not an episode this week about... Big mouth. Um, but before we talk about what we are covering, if you follow us on Instagram, you already know what we're covering. But Gaia, what are you snacking on this week? Okay, so my mom keeps buying um gnome themed merch. What? She's 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 gotten an obsession with things that have gnomes on them. And oh things that God. are tiny little figurines of gnomes. That's so much. <laughs> I've been snacking on my complex relationship with a no um uh, with redacted <laughs> i just love that we both have redacteds now our very own okay. bleep it what if we say it too often though that might be annoying here at bitch why we we bleep out the phrase white men it's the only time you'll hear it on the show and okay. if you hear bleep that's what it is okay oh my god we're taking so long <laughs> nothing good has happened to me this week because i ran out of my antidepressants <laughs> You ran out of your antidepressants and you're dealing with your relationship with Yeah, so really nothing good has happened. There's been nothing, like, snacking. Um, Bro. What are you snacking on? So in my in my class that I take that's taught by um, Bryce Dallas Howard. We should bleep Bryce Dallas Howard. Shh, no. <laughs> no <laughs> don't want to get in trouble, please. We had to do this manifesto assignment. And then our friend Jackie in their presentation was like, I'm going to call this a living personal reminder, an LPR. And so mm-hmm. I'm just going to call them LPRs from now because I just like that term. But Daniel's manifesto was so lovely. He sent me the link to it, but I need access to open it. So Daniel, if you're listening, give me access to this manifesto. Uh, I was going to read a section of it, but it's totally fine, and maybe maybe Daniel will, like, let us post it on the Instagram or something. Ooh, it's just so – it's so lovely. He talked about all of the things that, like, he wants to continue in his artistry, and it was so beautiful. He, like, pulled some stuff from our conversation two weeks ago. I pulled stuff from our conversation two weeks ago. 
Um, and it was so... We should what? do, like, a compilation of all the cool manifestos we've got written. Because, like, between you, me, and Daniel, at least, we have, like, several really great manifestos. Yeah. I mean, mine for, for the class was, like, meh. But I actually said stuff while I was presenting that I was like, oh, just kidding, that's my manifesto. So I have to redo it. But it'll be... It'll be good. Anyway, what was my other snack? Oh, I have, like, Daniel is, like, an artistic love of my life. Like, in the way you are one of my other, like, artist wow. loves of my life. I feel like Daniel is that, too. Um, And I just want to, like, you and him are people that I'm, like, if I don't work with these people for forever, like. When will Daniel and I work together? Oh, my God. You two writing? Because have you met Daniel? Like, yeah, like very, a couple times. Very oh, briefly. you know what you don't know about me and Daniel? Oh, Daniel what? was the stage manager on my freshman year oh. crew assignment. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, well, that's my relationship with Daniel. Amazing. He's a lovely person. His writing and your writing would gel so beautifully. I think. Yeah. Just the way I do. You both write. I did remember really loving his play. What was it called? Was it Berlindia? Berlindia. I really loved yeah. Berlindia. It um, like made me sob. We deserve. Wait, we need to get you in a writer's room, like, together now. Anyway, hi, Daniel. Let's write a dryly funny show. Sorry for literally, like, planning (laughs) out how I'm going to keep you in my life forever. Um, In the middle of my podcast, Daniel, my bad. Whoops, it's okay. He loves, he loves Bitch Why, which is so cute. The other thing is I bought a stripper pole. Oh, big news. Because I was watching these like Instagram videos of this of this woman and I'll put her Instagram in the show notes and it's just like she was dancing to Ravina and like spinning on the pole and it looked like what I want meditation to be and I was like damn that is like so relaxing and I know that she's working really hard to like do the thing but I was like ugh I want to like be graceful um so yeah but i want to do it like on a pole also the movie hustlers did like make me think i could do that so i'm just gonna do it and like beanie and i are gonna install a stripper pole in our new apartment incredible i already bought it so we have to it's happening it's literally it's happening (laughs) made fun of me for getting it it's gonna be confusing that you have a and i have a sorry my made fun of me for getting it because redacted said oh are we not pronouncing them anymore? i don't think we need i'm no i'm not gonna pronoun no pronouns for redacted so made fun of me for getting it and said that things can't buy you happiness and i said that's fine will you let me know when you find it on your own please ah! because i because i i fuck off like i want a stripper pole like <laughs> When you have a, have a complex enough relationship with me and Nita to be called on our podcast, then you you are stripped of your right to pronouns. Yes. We have to explain to the people what explain will happen, otherwise the, they'll be upset the and confused. Yeah, okay. Tell the bitches what, what's up. Hello, bitches. Welcome. If you are new to the bitch life, welcome mm-hmm. even again. Um, every episode we have, except for the Taylor Swift episode, is made up of four parts. <laughs> bitch what? An introduction to what we're talking about. Bitch how? A technical rundown of how the thing succeeds and fails as, like, a piece of art. Bitch time. Three minutes of not, no smart, just speak. And finally, 
bitch why some of, of the implications and why all of it matters um and the bitch meter which is a little little score meter that explains diversity in a way that's mathematic thank oh, you beautiful. thank you for letting me do that i think it's so fun i love riffing um wow therapy is expensive but doing the roadmap is free i tweeted this morning i was like therapy is expensive but the copycat killer version of uh kyoto by phoebe bridgers is free so anyway 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 therapy um, is expensive but therapy's if we expensive. make it through december by phoebe bridgers therapy is expensive but a stripper pole is less expensive in the short term in or the, in the long term in the long i don't know ter- yeah what are we talking the about the stripper pole was like 60 dollars that's actually way cheaper than therapy. Yeah, it's like Maybe that's one therapy session in New York. If I weren't like very transient and going to live with a bunch of nuns in the very near future, then I would definitely get a stripper pole. You can come use my stripper pole. All right, I'll drive from Indiana to New York City. Just to use my stripper pole? And I, I'll just tell the nuns that I'm going to use the stripper pole. <laughs> <laughs> just out, out the door like... The what? Speaking of what. (sighs) What? It's time for bitch what? It's time for bitch what? We're talking about Happiest Season, directed and written by Clea Duvall and the person who played Jane. Yes, uh, she's in, um, I believe she's in Wild Horses, which is a improv group, comedy group uh, from youth that came out of UCB, RIP UCB. Mackenzie Davis and Mary Holland are both in Wild Horses together, or they do comedy together. Which Yay, is why she's comedy. In this. Anyway. How did you come across Happiest Season? Uh, I'm obsessed with Kristen Stewart. Who um, isn't? Who, who isn't? isn't? If you're not, you should be. Yeah, if you're not obsessed with Kristen Stewart, why are you listening to this podcast? Anyway. Um, are you straight or something? Are you, like, heterosexual? No, we stand straight people. Straight Craig, people are... keep listening. Craig, Craig, we love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, 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 how the fuck? I just think I you saw. Can say Twitter, it's okay. Was it Twitter? <laughs> That's where I found out about it. <laughs> I think I fa- yeah, I think I definitely found out about it from Twitter. Apparently, they filmed this in February and some people got COVID before. Oh? Yeah, I found an article yesterday. Um, it was like circulating also on Twitter. Um, that like Kristen Stewart got it before they knew what it was. Wow. Yeah, and like that's funny. That's that's funny that she got it, and then also Robert Pattinson got it while filming Batman. A weird, like, kind of unrelated to the quality of this thing thing that I experienced while watching this was like the general feeling I get now when I watch movies. That's like, why is nobody wearing a mask? Yeah, literally, literally, yeah, yeah. That's what we're covering. A lot of people wanted us to cover this. We also were trying to find like a Christmas movie to cover. So I think this is. I'm like so excited about our December like lineup. <gasps> Yes, don't tell anyone what we're playing. I'm not going to tell the people. It's a surprise. But I do think, like, we've got. I think what we've got slated up for December is going to be, like, a very fun, like, subversive Christmas party. It's the only Christmas that we could have at Pitwai. How did you find out about this, Gaia? Thanks for asking. <laughs> I came home from the farm and started watching YouTube again because. Oh, yeah. you- because all of my serotonin was immediately drained out of my body like a popped water balloon and started getting ads for this and then i downloaded tumblr for one day oh the happiest season was trending 
You know, it's you know the depression is bad when you re-download Tumblr. Only for one day. I deleted okay. it like pretty quickly. Like on it, honestly, for like thirty minutes. Don't oh. worry, everyone. I'm not. Yeah. I'm like doing fine. Don't don't worry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the story centers on Abby, who's played by Kristen Stewart, and Harper, who's played by Mackenzie Davis. Abby plans to propose to Harper. Um, and she goes on their, like, family annual holiday party, but right before, literally, like, 20 minutes before they get to the house, Harper's like, oh, by the way, my parents don't know I'm gay, so, um, <laughs> go back in the movie. closet, sorry. sorry, um, and that's the whole <laughs> movie, and then it ends really... Shenanigans ensue. Shenanigans ensue, Dan Levy's the best part of this movie, and, uh, it ends uncharacteristically easy. Anyway. Oh, I hate. I, I I don't know. Can we can we get into bitch how? Let's I'm just so, get like, into bitch how. We need actually. to just get into bitch how. I was really like really fully not prepared to hate this movie how much as much as I hated it. I like really really disliked it. And so if you're a big like happiest season fan, um um you liked it better than I liked it. I I only liked it because Cam and I had a like just too much fun watching it. No, and, yeah, like, I had he, yeah. I had a great time watching it because I watched it with some excellent good pals, friends of the pod, Adeline and Catherine. Yes, yes. famously st- been featured. Everyone thought pod. that Adeline was just like a member of the pod, actually, but no. Yeah, she kind of could have been for a bit. <laughs> she was here for a while. She was um, here for like a whole month. But um. So so I had a great time watching it, but I actually, like, violently hated it um, yeah. and became, like, I don't know. Like, I kept having to pause it and be like, this is so annoying. I'm so angry. Um, yeah. Cam and I were, like, half cackling, half screaming at, the, at Kristen Stewart's character mostly. And then it ended whatever. And then we were like, fuck it. Let's just watch Shit's Creek. Is, was the right, was the exact journey I think you're supposed to have watching this movie. Yeah. In honor of it being bitch how, can I can I just like swoop in with some like Do it, some, Gaia. some of my big overarching thoughts? I love Do starting it. Do it. bitch how with having some big thoughts. Do so it. I think that this film didn't understand what the conflict of its film was and then sucked at it really badly. What I mean about that is it's kind of got a couple of different things going on that are like dissectable. The the first being it's kind of calling itself a coming out movie. It's like the the elevator pitch and this movie like definitely like when you watch it you can like hear the elevator pitch. Mm. Um is girl goes home with her girl with her long-term girlfriend to spend Christmas with her family, but then finds out her long-term girlfriend isn't out to her family. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! So so it kind of, like, pitches itself as a coming-out movie. But, but what it's really about is about an extremely toxic relationship where two people don't know how to talk to each other about, like, normal relationship things. And, like... Yeah. And then what... But then what it then thinks it is, again after it realizes that it's not a coming out movie is a movie that is about like the repression of growing up wealthy um yeah 
So I'm just well, kind growing of... up wealthy and the like gross environment in which rich people are are like who are trying to get other rich people to like them like creates for the children but like I don't have the time or sympathy to care I guess like I think that there could be interesting movies about that like I think that's like physically possible like we were talking about what's her name Sofia Coppola Oh, last yeah. episode for like a weird amount of that episode given that talk about nothing Coppola. else happened it, given that that was an episode about something fully separate Not about um yeah the handmaiden is a really great poor little rich girl narrative mm. i would say i would say it's not impossible to have a a good poor little rich person narrative i think it exists and like there are interesting takes on it um i'm not super sympathetic to it because like I don't know, when you don't grow up rich, I don't really know how to care about rich people um, mm. in a way that is meaningful. But this this movie just doesn't really ever establish its conflict in a way that, like, is coherent and cohesive. So, like, when it talks about, like, the, the narrative of, like, oh, what really was going on this whole time is that these girls were, like, being, like, oppressed by their parents in order to, like, be, like, perfect... Um, and that's the real problem of this movie. By the time that comes up, this movie has gone in so many different directions that I'm just, like, kind of, like, oh? Yeah, oh? And, yeah. <laughs> and the and the framing of, like, people have already heard this joke, but the entire time I was watching it, I kept turning to Cameron and going, this is lesbian get out. It and feels I think like lesbian get out. Fe- because the way the framing is, is, like, the same exact arc of, like, couple goes home, one person of the couple doesn't know something, they find out slowly, or, like, and have to deal now with the thing. Also, maybe, maybe, like, Mackenzie Davis, the, the actor who plays Harper, just looks weirdly similar to... She looks very similar to, um, to that one chick. Allison Williams, who plays Rose. There's also a movie Allison Williams was just in called The Perfection or something, and that movie, like, kind of banks on you thinking she's a bad person based off of, like, how you watched her in Get Out. Like, ah. I feel like her, I feel like her uh, typecast is gonna be fucked up for a bit because no one, it, like, people were, will see her in a movie. Because nobody like, trusts her after And no Get one Out. will trust her. I mean, also, I didn't trust her after I watched Girls. Fun fact, I watched fucking Girls. Like, I watched every season of Girls. I hate myself for that. Cameron's like, Ugh. um, but yeah, like I didn't trust her in girls either because she's such a shitty person in girls. Um, yeah, she just looks weirdly close to Allison Williams in a way that like unsettled me. And I think I also just was like, this movie is so white. Like it's like capital oh, yeah. W W white. It's like palpably white. It's so white. To the point where even characters who are played by people of color should have actually been played by white actors. Like, that Indian woman felt like such a Karen. And maybe if they had time to dissect the ways in which, like, South Asian people and, like, Asian people, like, conform to model minority myths um, and end up sounding like Karens, that would have been interesting. But this is not the movie for that. Throughout the movie, I was frustrated with, like, like, as a writer... The things that the characters kept talking about as problems never, like, felt like what they were actually dealing with. Like, like there's this point midway through the movie, Kristen Stewart is talking to Harper about, um, <laughs> about how she's, like, 
come home very late after spending the night out with her boyfriend. Oh, right, After right, right, kind right, of right. abandoning her w- without her, f- with like, abandoning her for, like, a whole day. Yeah. Um, and... And the story at the the story of that conversation ends up being like, oh, you're hanging out with your ex a lot. That's fucked up. And and not like, hey, you brought me here with, to your family mm. under false pretenses and then just leave me alone all the time and like kind of brush me off and are kind of rude and dismissive of my struggles um, yeah. throughout this. And in general... I never really, like, felt invested in their arguments, partially because it was, like, what they were arguing about was never really the problem, and partially because their relationship was so stunted. And it's weird, and maybe I'll talk about it in Bitch Why, but, like, Clea Duvall released a statement about, like, everyone not liking Harper, because what, basically what happens is, I think it's important to, like, give, preach, I don't know how many people listen to this and we'll like actually watch the movie but Harper the entire time is like I can't tell my parents my dad's running for office then I can't ruin his reputation so I'm gonna tell like this she she tells Kristen Stewart like I'm gonna tell him the second this campaign is over because I can't put more stress on my parents um and and it's like framed that like you just need to wait just give me like a few more days and then Cleo Duvall is like she's just going on a journey of like what it coming out is or whatever, um, for this character specifically. The thing is, the movie wants me to trust Harper, but then puts Harper in situations where I fully, like, don't fucking trust this woman, whether or not she's gay. Like, I, I, I also don't believe that we should, like, automatically love a character because they're a, played by a person of color or played by a queer person. Like, that doesn't mean that they're absolved of being a toxic character or a bad human um because like harper does hang out with her ex-boyfriend i mean i think it i would also be mad if that was happening unfortunately on top of that is what you were talking about is like it's compounded on all of these things and it just ends up being a fight about the ex-boyfriend but also like if i had a girlfriend and she like wasn't out to her parents or to anyone really and then went to go hang out with the ex-boyfriend that her parents keep pushing her to like get back into a relationship with and also like i have just met her ex-girlfriend who has had the same thing extremely traumatic like outing experience yeah and also had the same thing done unto her that i am having right now i would fucking not trust this woman and so then when they get their happy ending and it's it's also when they get their happy ending i don't want it by the time it happens i don't fucking want it's it it's frustrating because you don't right. want them to like the movie's like oh yeah they're going to end up together yeah and then dan levy's character is like the perfect best friend the entire movie up until he gives kristen stewart a speech about like see how easy it was for you to come out it's not that easy for harper and you need to give her time and space and like let her be but also if it's not if you don't if you don't want to forgive her you don't have to and you can move on and we can go home and and like gives her options but then the second harper is like i'm so sorry i love you i just came out to my parents and i don't care what they think Kristen stewart goes okay it's too late bye and then mm-hmm. Harper chases her to the gas station and, like, does the, like, rom-com thing. Which is such, like, a straight, like, narrative. Right. I mean... And, but then also, then Dan Levy's, like, nodding and smiling. And it's like, I, I'm i sorry, but, like, as a friend of someone who was who was going through that, I don't... Th- I think I'd be like, 
get in the car, we're going home. In queer relationships, I think, like, they're kind of relying on a couple of, like, heteronormative ideas about, like, what queer relationships should look like in order for this movie to make sense. So, like, at first, they're relying on, like, a heteronormative assumption that the audience is going to be mad at Harper for not being willing to come out to her parents, which, Mm -hmm. as, like, a queer audience, I don't actually ever really, like, I don't think there's ever a situation where I would be mad at someone for not wanting to come out. The thing that the queer audience is mad about is the fact that she never told her girlfriend that. Like, but also, just... but also, like, then continues to gaslight her when yeah. she's like, like, "I brought you home. I brought you home, and like, I'm also just gonna go hang out with my ex boyfriend, and also just like, consistently traumatize you, and also have my parents like." This movie felt like I was being bombarded with microaggressions, like every. Yeah. Like, five minutes. And so, like, that's what I'm mad about. I don't care that Harper came out or didn't come out. But that... And also, so actually, this person on Twitter that I went to high school with, I I just tweeted, like, lesbian Christmas movie fun but ending bad. Like, that was the the whole tweet. And, And here's the thing I think a lot of people are having, like, qualms about is, like, are we demonizing a queer character? Um, and are we, like, negating her coming out story? And are we calling her a bad person for taking so long to come out? And I was like, no, 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 no. What I'm mad about is, like, the way she treats her girlfriend, the way she drags her girlfriend into that narrative and, like, forces her to deal with the the consequences of, like, bringing someone into your family and then, like, no one understands what you are to them and then she has to, like, go, like, consistently get like fucked up by this like rich ass white family i don't think that's forgivable for me yeah like i don't think you should if you're hurting someone on your coming out journey that's a problem i guess just like i'm like thinking about like what what is like a coming out like story what does it mean and like what is like what is the importance of still telling coming out stories like for queer people which like totally definitely still an important thing to talk about like like coming out is still a huge part of being queer it's just that this movie actually isn't about coming out because the coming out in the end like it's not really like what ends up being any of the crux of the conflict like when she comes out to her parents there's not actually like any real consequences to her coming out to her parents and like you don't ever really like fully understand like why she would not want to come out to her parents but but that doesn't even matter because Because, like, as a queer audience member, I'm not thinking, like, oh, fuck her for not wanting to come out. Because, like, there are so many reasons not not to want to come out. Like, the, I I mean, just thinking about, like, the people who I was watching this with, like, I was watching this with, like, some queer friends. And, like, the, between the three of us, we had, like, a huge gamut of coming out experiences. Like, hugely ranging. And when you're in queer groups of people, like, you're always surrounded by people who had different experiences with coming out. But I can't ever imagine being in a long-term relationship with someone without having ever discussed coming out. Or, mm. or actually, like, in the beginning of the movie, she's like, didn't you say you came out to your parents? Like, yeah, lying about coming, ab- yeah. coming out. But also, I, And then yeah. not telling her until she's in the car, almost to the place... Yeah, that, well, honestly, that just feels like, uh, like, the, the problem with, like, a rom-com is, like, most rom-coms are so formulaic and, like, oh my god, the, the, like, crazy circumstance that could have been fixed by 
putting a post-it note on someone's car like if if the problem could be resolved by telling someone something in advance or like explaining a situation on a sticky note it's so easily unraveled if the problem could have been solved by having a healthy relationship in the first place then the yeah well then and that's the then there's no conflict right so it's like unfortunately the contrived conflict of this movie ends up demonizing a queer person and then people who want to critique this film kind of in the same way like how like everyone was like afraid to critique Black Panther um when it first came out was just like even though like the effects were bad and that was like the only hot take I had about Black Panther was like the special effects were kind of shitty um but like no one wanted to say one mean thing about it because then people are gonna be like oh you hate black people or oh you hate gay people like for this movie right so it's just like if we say anything Clea Duvall the director is like I just think that this is one of many journeys or whatever and like we can't fault her and like uh, my friend my friend from high school was like I liked seeing Harper make bad decisions driven by fear which is like that's just how stories are written as you see characters like make stupid decisions or like have mistakes like because they're scared and then seeing the consequences of her actions and realizing that the thing she was afraid of wasn't what was important anymore but it's but in that moment when she gets outed by her sister which is another like huge oh my god stressful moment um her immediate reaction is to be like i'm not gay my sister's lying and it's like again so it's like I've never seen Harper learn anything. Like, I didn't see her learn anything. The moment where she could have, like, been like, oh, yeah, like, me me being afraid of people finding out that I'm gay at the expense of the pain of someone I love is, like, a fear that is actually, like, not, like, like isn't really fair to have, like, in front of my girlfriend. While Aubrey Plaza's staring at her. Yeah. She makes the same Which, mistake again. Like, rip to poor Aubrey Plaza's character. <sighs> Riley and Abby should have ended up together. Because Riley and Abby should have much ended up together. More. And, that's... and honestly, you were talking about, like, how it's such a straight rom-com uh, uh, trope to, like, have the happy ending at the end. And, like, that, like, run to the gas station or whatever or, like, the airport and be like, I still love you. I'm so sorry. Whatever. I think that there's something to be said about the ways in which, like, the the moment Kristen Stewart walks out the door when Harper's like, I did it. I came out to my parents. And Abby's like, it's too late. Like, I'm happy that you went through this journey, but I can no longer be a part of it is a much more exciting ending it's sexy that was so sexy Cameron and I were cheering because like that was so exciting to watch because I've never seen anything like that before like I said I I think this movie is like a queer rom-com that relies on a lot of like heteronormative presumptions of like what people think relationships are supposed to look like that I think a lot of queer people don't experience so like for example the scene where John is like Kristen Stewart coming out (laughs) is really really hard don't you know that can't you like realize that coming out is actually really hard that's not something that like queer people aren't we know that like we know like coming out is really hard like we all did it like or we We didn't and that's okay but like that is really hard but like that's not the quest that's not like the issues that the queer audience is having that's the issue that the straight audience is having the straight audience is like i can't believe she couldn't come out to her parents yeah all the queer audience is like yeah like she should like yeah it's hard to come out to your parents why is she being abusive here's the um, other thing is like i i don't want i don't think i wanted this to happen but 
the main conflict between the sisters is that being the favorite is like their most important thing except to jane and we'll talk about jane we'll talk about jane when we talk talk about about the bitch meter maybe but like um (laughs) just because there's so much other stuff i have to say but like it's between her and Allison Bree's character as, like, the favorite sister. And it's never a question of, like, will my parents disown me if I come out? It's more of, like, will my parents no longer see me as their favorite child? And I, I guess I'm not negating, I'm not negating the struggle of, like, coming out and being afraid of what your parents are going to think because it's very valid and, like, we've all, again, we've all been through this um, or chosen not to be and that's also okay. But, like... Is that really, like, the fear here? Is that your parents are going to treat you like they treat your younger sister? That's a whole other, like, can That's of That's, like, a can of worms. And also, like, I don't know. They did a bad job of making me feel like the parents were ever, like, dangerous. Like, the movie itself is mad at the dad because he, like, once she comes out, he, like, doesn't want to talk to her. But, like, the movie forget forgot that the dad just had his huge career move absolutely like eviscerated by his daughter's acting cruel and immature at his christmas party well also just acting like children yeah Yeah. like he just had his career eviscerated and learned a huge fact about his daughter that not just that he learned a huge thing about his daughter but that he learned that she was afraid to tell him yeah and and they were really sad that she was afraid to tell them so the movie wants me to be mad at the dad, but I'm not mad at the dad. I'm mad at the daughter. Like the movie never, the movie never knows how to like shoot my energy as an audience at mm. the people that it wants me to be like feeling the things about. And I feel like the movie has a lot of challenges where the like structure of the movie is like attempting to like critique the character separate from what the characters within the narrative are feeling. So like in Get Out, the characters of Get Out all are kind of, like, on the board of this, like, racist lobotomy thing. Mm-hmm. But the mo- the structure of the movie is able to critique the racist lobotomy thing because the structure of the movie is made by, like, intelligent people. And um, also, well, and also we're, we're sympathizing with the black character. Yeah. Versus You're sympathizing like, with the black character. Yeah, yeah with, the versus one, with the racist characters. Versus with the racist characters. But this movie, however, keeps throwing its energy to Abby, who is, like, would be the like final girl equivalent if this is a horror movie like abby is the person i wanted to sympathize with but then the movie keeps making me try to like care about harper but harper keeps doing things that like i don't want to sympathize with but then expects me to be okay with her at the end yeah because the because the energies are going in two different directions actually they're going in like five different directions and then also we never hear anything about Aubrey Plaza at the end. Yeah. And it's like, you got, you gave me like 20 minutes with Aubrey Plaza and Kristen Stewart. It's implied Stewart. that Aubrey Plaza is dating Clea Duvall cameo, but oh, like. Oh, yeah. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? I think it's At the, the end, they're scrolling through the mom's Instagram feed, oh, which is actually kind yeah. of a cute framing device. And they have a picture of them all at Pride and Aubrey Plaza is standing next to Clea Duvall. And you're like, oh, but she's I, probably but dating I Clea Duvall cameo. But I wanted her to be with Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Because they, she took her to a drag bar and like they had a really cute night out and it's even framed that like abby had more fun in the like not straight people bar hanging out with aubrey plaza talking about like 
Christmas and also also I feel like Abby's character arc gets really thrown around and like her backstory also gets really thrown around like it's so vague as to why uh like any of like I just I just wish that that character got more and I wish that the movie was smart enough to realize that Abby is the core character and not Harper I also think it was frustrating having to watch like Abby's character is like very is like perpetually like understanding and reacting to things in like the emotionally mature yeah. way which yeah. is like kind of cool because it's like oh yeah emotional maturity in this movie Sexy. i would never imagine yeah. but it is challenging to have like a character that is like just always reacting correctly and always like having the right feelings about things and she's just like, always having like a little cry in the corner but then no one ever yeah. has to deal with her like anger or or like sadness until they have the fight and then harper throws everything onto abby and like makes abby feel like everything is her fault which is gaslighting which is toxic and like everyone's like don't call it toxic it is and often here's the thing is like most rom-coms have toxic relationships and and i think maybe maybe it's unfair to like fully um like frame this as like a really bad relationship among many um but i think it's also more easy to notice when it's like a a movie that claims to be like a great queer rom-com you know like we're just i just feel like i'm more primed to see it here because i'm more focused on like what the implications of it being a like a a mainstream queer rom-com versus just like one in a sea of like a billion other straight rom-coms yeah it is really frustrating i i can't think of anything specifically like more for how which is just that this movie doesn't really understand the conflict that it's trying to follow and that's Mm -hmm. frustrating to deal with because um every time you kind of like get a hold of like what conflict you're following it feels like the conflict switches so like you get the conflict of the of the like i would say like in order you have the conflict of the engagement and then you get like the coming out conflict and then you get the conflict of like the weirdness of the family and like kristen stewart trying to survive within the family and then the conflict of like at of riley and like riley's whole weird like situation with um harper and then you have the conflict of the toxicity of the relationship which maybe just like is something that like we ended up reading because like we're intelligent but like but I don't and know. also there are a lot the of rivalry of the sisters the rivalry of the sisters um and so it never really knows what to resolve that's like something yeah. that's and, that... and then and then i think also then the framing of like everything's good now at the end I know you said you're not mad at the dad. I'm not mad at the dad really either. I just didn't care about this like white ass family at the end and whether or not they could like become better because they didn't show me anything that made me think that they were capable of any sort of change and not change that quickly. Especially considering they never really like they never actually had any of the conversations. Like, yeah. like thinking about how complex of an experience coming out is, which the movie purports to be, like, about. It's interesting that coming out isn't really, like, a part of the movie and the kind of conversations that you have when you come out aren't really a part of the movie. You never really have time to be like, oh, yeah, the family totally would accept her. Because, yeah. like, the, you, you're never having any of the conversations that come around, like, whether or not your family is going to accept you. Like... It's weird that the coming out happens in the last, like, ten minutes. Um, the, like, because, the real come like, the, like, after, yeah, like, the, the like, false I, ones, like, the real yeah, one, yeah. The real official coming out happens 
in the um, last, like, ten minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm. And given all this, like, kind of, like, talk throughout the movie of, like, oh my god, coming out is so hard and, like, crazy and, like, wild. It's resolved Um, pretty easily. It's just resolved. Like, they never really, like, talk about coming out. Like, honestly, it'd be kind of cool if she came out, like, right when she got home and the whole movie was about her family trying to figure out what that means for their family. Because that's what coming out is. Yeah. Coming out is tra- is disclosing and then figuring out what that means for your relationship with the people you've come out to. Also, also, this is, like, just a weird nitpicky thing, but when that lady calls the dad and she's like, if you're willing to, like, make that go away that your daughter is gay will definitely be able to get you elected or whatever. And I was like, I don't know where the fuck this town is. I truly cannot think of a way in which this, like, rich-ass family with, like, pretty, like... I mean, if Dick Cheney dealt with his daughter being gay... Yeah, I don't see how that's a conflict, and I couldn't really even... If anything, what would have been actually more interesting is that lady calling him and being like, if your daughter's gay, we could actually use that. Like we could Yeah, because use especially that. given that and this is really getting into bitch why, so maybe this yeah. will be a good transition piece. Yeah. Especially given that that's exactly what this movie has done, which is, is we could really make use a rom com and being like, Oh, you know what? We could really market this to gay people. Right. Like, okay, okay, actually let's do bitch time and then we'll talk about that because I think that da, da, Yes, let's it's do that. bitch time. It's bitch time, where we have three minutes of unfiltered uh, shit. We just get to talk about the movie or whatever our feelings are. Ready, set, go. Um, titties out. Kristen Stewart's titties were just like out, and it made me so happy. Let us see Kristen Let us Stewart's see titties. titties. But also like through the shirt. I love titties through the shirt. Like that's my fave. The, the oh, and then her outfit with the tie and the, the I, low cut. Well, you know, with the yeah. Blazer so and you the, know, oh. I know it's been said, but the fact that this movie expects me to believe that anyone could imagine Kristen Stewart to be straight. Straight. I know. Imagine. Imagine literally imagine i was like but the whole time she's one of two women in this town who wears a blazer yeah her and aubrey plaza just walking around being gay as fuck and everyone being like they're so they're so they're where's their boyfriends i was like shut the fuck up the bleached hair the the glass of scotch oh oh i'm recreating that look as she's gay like she's she's gay. gay i just love the trajectory of kristen stewart's career um in comparison to robert pattinson like i just feel like they're both doing the things that they were meant to do um, and it just, like, feels correct. And I will be writing the movie in which they have a reunion, and then there's, like, some amazing, like, dr- like drama movie that they're in, and I'm gonna write it. I think it'll be great. Like, I, I love the idea that, of, like, remaking Twilight, except for it's, like, the movie that Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson deserve to be in, where, like, Kristen yes. Stewart's character gets to be gay, and Robert Pattinson's character gets to be not a... I Not honestly a, want, like, a movie a where they're user. brother and sister, and it's, like, an indie drama. Yeah. Kind of, like, know. skeleton twins deserve, that really Kristen good Wiig and Bill Hader were in. Yeah. Like, something in that world is what I'd want for them to have. I just want a big fight scene with both of them. I just feel like it'd be so fun. They, they have the power within them. They really I don't deserve know. it. But I'm glad Kristen Stewart's doing well. Like, sometimes it feels, sometimes I worry about her. 
and I'm glad she's doing okay. Like, she seems like she's, she's really thriving. Honestly, and also, she's a good actor. Like, it just she really is. depends on who's directing her, but she can be really good, and she was really good before Twilight. I just think the directing of Twilight, like, really wrecked her career for a bit there because of that performance. Turns out a good director can really change A good director life. and a good editor. I was watching this movie and I felt like I could feel the writer's room like breathing on my neck. Like I could feel their warm, sweaty breath on my neck being like, did you find that funny? Did you find that funny? Well, honestly, the only things that I found funny was Dan Levy and his like thing with the fish. Oh my God, his whole, his narrative, his his arc with the fish (laughs) was the best thing. But you cut everything except for Dan Levy dealing with the fish. Actually, I want an edit of this movie that is just Dan Levy. Just him. I just want a spinoff with Dan Levy taking Although care of Although something... Wait. Oh, no. Bitch time's ending. No, say say the thing. I'll tell you what I was going to say, um, even though bitch time is technically over. It's fine. Don't I took up so much time audience. talking about talking about titties. We were talking about how it was kind of frustrating that they still had to fall back on, like, the gay best friend trope in this movie and, like, how, like, it would have been more authentic to have, like, an oblivious straight man because, like, lesbians have straight men. Like, lesbians collect straight men. They do. But, like, just, like, how how funny and subversive it would have been if – it would have been funny – if this movie had, like, actually subverted rom-com tropes instead of just playing into them. I've noticed this with, like, everything that, like, I've been writing and you've been writing. We want to tell stories in a different way than we are told to tell them. And sometimes we have to, like, abide by whatever the formula is so that the thing is able to be commercial. But then we go a little too far in, like oh no, we could have actually done so much more interesting things utilizing the tropes and subverting them, but it's like the fight to like, do you make the thing commercial or do you make the thing um, good? And I think that like this movie could have been in the same realm as like a Crazy Rich Asians and a Love, Simon both miss the mark because they're going too hard in the like teen rom-com. Love, Simon is trying to be like, the subversive gay version of that. And I honestly, like with Love, Simon and Crazy Rich Asians and this, these are all movies that would have been subversive and interesting 20 years ago. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't think that this, and it's, the problem with these movies is they get heralded as, like, finally a movie for Asians, or finally a movie for lesbians. And it's, like, no, no, no. We have but be- I'm sorry. We, we have, have good movies. We have good movies. Already. We have but I'm a cheerleader, but y'all didn't care about it 20 years ago. It's actually this was like I had a really interesting not interesting. It was depressing. I had a really interesting depressing conversation with a professor at New York University. Please roast the dramatic writing department. Do it. Uh we were talking about movies and we hadn't read anything written by a trans person mm. at all and we hadn't had any like gay or trans narratives in the whole class. Um, and it was like towards the end of the semester and we were talking about crazy rich Asians and it turned out that the gay movie we were going to watch that semester in this, this is the foundational like reading and watching class for dramatic writing students at New York university. So Mm -hmm. it's got like, it's the idea is that you're watching all of the really important things. It turns out that crazy rich Asians was going to be the big gay movie that we were going to watch. And which is hilarious because there's no gay characters in Crazy Rich Asians. There's like a gay coded character who is like a flamboyant gay best friend. 
when I like talked to my professor about this, she was like, well, there just aren't movies with gay people in them. There just are none. There is just not a single movie with a gay person in it. And I was like, wow, wow. I can't believe you forgot about that time Brokeback Mountain almost won Best Picture. Yeah. I cannot believe you forgot about that. Brokeback Mountain is a movie that came out exactly when it needed to. Yeah, and if your was... movie is less controversial than Brokeback Mountain, it should not be made right now. The Brokeback Mountain scale of movie controversy. This is the new thing! It's a thing. This is the new thing. Wait, If Gaia, your movie Gaia, is less here, hot... Wait, yes, okay. This is if perfect. your movie is less hot in takes than Brokeback Mountain, then you no longer have a right to make it. So it suffers from not as controversial from as Brokeback Mountain syndrome, mm-hmm. um, which is that Brokeback Mountain understood like gay people a little bit better and like ma- said interesting things about them and like talked about masculinity in an interesting way mm-hmm. back in like what two thousand six. Yeah, like like go take a deep breath and watch My Own Private Idaho. Like go watch, but I'm a cheerleader. Like please, like it's the great gay marriage problem, mm-hmm. which is that like now that gay people are an audience that you're allowed to like Cater to. commercialize, t- you're allowed to market towards mm-hmm. you like market towards them in the way that you imagine they would have wanted to have been marketed towards back in like 2015, 2014, like pre gay marriage. Mm-hmm. But like gay people are like past that now. Like we're, we're done. Like we, we, we have gay marriage now. Yeah. Like we don't need the same type of like marketing and like, like, it's very frustrating when your demographic is viewed only in the sense of its commercial value and not in the sense of, like, what kind of stories need to be made about these people. And I think a lot of marginalized people struggle with this, which is that, like, what what are the movies that we can market to that we can market to you that you have to go see because you're part of this marginalized group but like are still going to be like fun and palatable to the people who aren't part of it and don't really know what's going on yeah. which is part of the reason why i think slavery movies are so popular to make because Ugh. they're like oh yeah you have to watch this movie because it's full of black people that's you have to watch it the paradox of representation is yeah. like and which is what this podcast is always trying to explain like while we have a bitch meter that doesn't mean quality that just means that it did what it was maybe supposed to do, and it didn't even do it right. It, it's, it's like, patronizing as an audience member, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating as, like, someone who, like, wants good narratives. And also, like, when I'm thinking about, like, what are the important things to say about coming out? Like, I actually, I've had a lifelong frustration um, with the coming out genre, um, because I feel like most people who are writing about coming out don't really understand the nuances of coming out. I think there's a big problem, which this movie actually totally falls into, which is that either your family, like, throws you a parade or your family kicks you out of the house. Yeah. Um, which is, like, not... two ends yeah. of an extremely complex, like, spectrum of things that can happen when you come out. Um, and this movie does, literally has that exact two things happen. Either your family threw you a parade or your family kicked you out. Those are the two things that happen when people come out in this movie. That is very frustrating. Yeah, because well, Dan Levy talks about how he was kicked out. And then Dan Levy was Harper kicked out. Kristen Stewart and Harper get a parade. So, yeah. like, like, it's frustrating dealing with this kind of, like, lack of nuance in terms of coming out narrative but like they can lean into it because it's like marketed towards the gay people i mean the two things that i was gonna talk about that i deemed to be more suited for bitch why um 
one is the the gay marriage phenomenon like what kind of narratives do we make about people once we're allowed to make those narratives about people Mm. and like how do they like succeed and fail for the people those that they purport to represent and i think this movie is like a colossal failure for people that it's trying to represent because it doesn't really like know what it wants to be yeah for them, well it, it lives doesn't... more in the love simon world of like i can show this to my mom i would never show this to my mom really well i think this movie like, after my mom saw of... love simon she was like oh i'm so sorry i get it now but it was like well just palatable love enough. simon I, yeah. here's the thing i actually like love simon for me actually hit correct like i actually like oh. had here and i know this is like a super hot take like amongst the gay gays like yeah like, and Love, Simon is nowhere near, like, a good movie <laughs> compared yeah. to, like, the many, many queer narratives that exist out out in the world, like, not, like, like in the mainstream, but also, like, just, like, thinking about, like, things that my friends have written, mm-hmm. things that I have written about these things, like, Love, Simon's not even on there, that level. No, like, yeah. But Love, Simon, for me, hit because, like, I saw it with my sister who was in middle school and I was like damn I wish this movie came out when I was in middle school um yeah but um the reason I would never show this movie to my parents is because I think that it is a simplistic and patronizing um take on like what coming out means and I cannot imagine it being anything other than like harmful for people who are dealing with people coming out Mm -hmm. to see a movie like this because yeah it's so simplified and talked down to like I wouldn't want someone who I'm coming out to to like see this movie and be like oh this is everything that I need to know about you coming out to me yeah I here we're not going to talk about Love, Simon now I just think that it's so again is a movie that should have come out like 15 years ago yeah I don't know if this movie ever needed to have come out (laughs) yeah but I and I hate when things get heralded as like the movie of our time or like and I know you and I are not saying it is but everybody Mm. else is and then it feels like it sets us back like like so far in terms of like what we can represent on screen if people are finally like looking at this movie and being like oh my god this is amazing and I'm like no it's really not it's really not it's saying the bare minimum and love simon also was saying like the bare minimum and also like it took its it took a like it it was so whatever i have so many feelings about love simon um maybe we should cover love simon uh, um but and also and also with crazy rich asians which again is just this is happiest season and crazy rich asians and love simon are just mediocre rom-coms they're just they're just fine like they're just fine yeah and we don't and because also like i don't know if you grew up watching the birdcage which was like a robin williams movie but that's i mean i I might it might be more problematic than i remember but i remember really liking it and again it's like birdcage and but i'm a cheerleader and brokeback mountain are just like already did this like they already did it and and actually the birdcage is this straight son going home to his gay parents and like bringing his girlfriend home and so it's like and he's like can y'all be normal and they're like we don't know how to be normal like what is normal like why are you why are you trying to hide us from your straight 
relationship. It's very yeah. interesting. Something I wanted to talk about because we're talking about critique in this way is like this idea of like in-group critique and like what mm-hmm. that means. And mm-hmm. so that's something I'm kind of fascinated with in terms of this movie because there's a phenomenon that happens in critique of things made by or for marginalized people where it's like when it's made by or for marginalized people, we hold it to a higher standard than we hold movies that weren't made like with that in mind. Mm-hmm. And um and so like the standard that we hold so like something like Schitt's Creek doesn't get critiqued on the same playing field as a movie like Happiest Season because Happiest Season is like like given all the like gay cards and so you have to give it like so people like tend to be harder on it than they do on something like Schitt's Creek. Schitt's Creek has a character who's bisexual and is just like has sex with a with a like a female person one episode and then has sex with a male person the next episode nobody cares so the the difference between these types of critique it's like significant i think a better example is like the way people critique things like 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 since we're gonna one day have to do an episode on children's cartoons i'm just gonna tease right now Mm. um the way people critique things like she-ra versus the way they critique like voltron voltron is a show that like wasn't really made by queer people for queer people and she-ra was something that like kind of was made by queer people for oh my goodness (laughs) that was created by queer people for queer people um and people tend to be like harder on the thing that was created by queer people. Oh, you they mean how queer. I was so angry at Never Have I Ever uh, for being yeah. bad at representing Indian people? Yeah. But I'm not mad at like community for Abed. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like th- that. I think that's something that's worth pointing out in this, in the case of this movie, because like I think there is a sense of like, I like want to roast this movie because this movie is like trying to do the gay thing but like sucks so bad at it and like there is a sense of i should be like a little bit like like hey like look at how many gay people were in this movie when was the last time you saw a movie with this many gay people in it never in my life um yeah but so, so like i don't know like i think that's like where a lot of the critique of this movie is coming from people end up like coming back and being like well you can't critique this movie because it's the only movie that has this many gay people in it and it's the only gay christmas movie and so you shouldn't critique it yeah. um and that's where i'm like hearing a lot of like kind of like happiest season stands coming from and i just wanted to like acknowledge that People tend to be harder on things made by queer creators for queer people. Although I don't think this movie was cre- made for queer people. I think this movie was made for straight people. I think it was made, um, well, it's, it's that same with Love, Simon. Felt like it was made for straight people. And also the the machine that is capitalism and, like, trying to pander to as many people as possible. Everything gets ironed out and, like, d- like distilled to its easiest and most palatable. I think it's interesting, like, because I think I hear a lot of gay people say things like, I want a movie with a gay person that has a happy ending. Like, I want to just see a gay person end but up in a happy ending. The thing is you, and then the they people. Put so much toxicity in the middle that I that don't. That it's like, this doesn't feel like a happy ending. Bad. But actually, the happy ending would have been Kristen Stewart leaving Harper. Yeah. And like, and like getting with Aubrey Plaza. Be- because sh- I cared about her character the most. But the thing is, is that, like, this movie, like, didn't have the complexity necessary to, like, have that conversation. Right. Like, like, this movie was, like, 
wasn't ready to say like even though the better decision would be Kristen Stewart leaving Harper um that is the more complicated decision and in order to have that conversation you have to have a conversation instead of the ending where Kristen Stewart and Harper end up together is the ending where you don't actually have to have a conversation about anything Mm -hmm. because it's just like a happy movie ending I don't know I just think we need more complex rom-coms I, yeah, like, I think the, the genre of rom-com, like, like relationships are complicated, a, and, like, here's, yeah. let's let them breathe. Yeah, here's the thing. Okay, I think, like, there was obviously a craving for a lesbian rom-com, and it's unfair that there aren't others. But watch, but I'm a cheerleader. There, like, Hulu, it broke streaming records for Hulu, because people want this so bad. And I think, and maybe you and I are just more conscientious of filling gaps but if you're gonna fill a gap you need to be fucking careful of like what you're saying while you're trying to fill the need and also like i don't know like this isn't the correct response to like gay people wanting carefree movies like i think that's i think ultimately what people wanting queer rom-coms is is people who are queer want movies that are carefree and that we can watch without like feeling the full weight of the trauma of being queer right and ironically i feel like this movie like you do feel the full weight of the trauma of being queer because it's like oh yeah remember when i came out yeah that was awesome i think i I think the movie doesn't need to be centered on being queer to be a queer rom-com or being queer in the on like the hard things about being queer it doesn't need to center on that for us for the movie to signal to us that it's queer yeah, like, I think people misinterpret, like, what a carefree gay movie looks like. I just I just think that people of color and queer people are marketable for their trauma, and no one wants to see happy shit unless we cover the things that signal that, that we're different in those yeah. movies. Which is why slavery movies are so popular. Which is why gay movies about coming out are so popular. And, and like, then I remember I was reading a review for this movie, and people were like, oh my god, despite the heavy subject matter, it manages to be lighthearted. And I was like, it manages to be lighthearted, but, like, at the expense of character development and excusing a toxic relationship. And I think what I meant by, like, when you fill the gap, you need to be careful of what you're saying when you're filling the gap, is that, like, be careful that the characters you are putting together aren't terrible for each other. And because, like, I don't know, when I write something, I'm always worried about, like, the pitfalls that, like, people watching are gonna, like, put my characters into and be like, oh, shit, like, actually, that's implying that this is happening and that, and I don't want that to happen. Or, like, I don't want anyone to think that I'm excusing a toxic relationship. I just think that, like, no one thought about this movie. But also when they were editing it and when it was getting done and they were framing it the way they were framing it, no one said, oh, my God, this movie was so good when Kristen Stewart walked out of the room. Maybe it should have ended there. Like, no one said that. I actually don't even think that people would have been that mad to see that. No, I mean, like, gay people break up. Gay people break up. And gay people, I do and you there's... go through relationships with people, and people are stepping stones to other people, and people are learning, like, from other relationships. Like, not every relationship is, like, the end-all, be-all, and sometimes it has to end because you learned that, like, you can't drag someone else through the mud of, like, dealing with your family until until you're ready to accept yourself and make your family accept you. You can't bring in another person and have them deal with their shit. Okay, Cleo Duvall said, I believe that people can grow 
and people can change and it's you have to go low so you can figure out your way back up like you have to hit rock bottom so you can figure out your way back up that's fine but you can't take your girlfriend down with you and expect her to want to come up with you if she wants to leave because you re-traumatized her and like made her deal with like probably like the worst experience of her life aside from like her parents dying it was i i also like i don't know you there's like a to, lot of like, things this movie didn't have time to deal with it didn't that have it, like, time and i think it would have been so much more interesting for harper like, when, to like for them to meet up 10 years later and Kristen stewart's in like a relationship with riley and harper's like i am so sorry i did that to you after we broke up i met someone else and i realized that like all of my shame was coming from such and such place and i got over it and now i'm in that would it that's so much more real and so much more exciting to me and also more subversive of the rom-com thing which i think is what queer stories and black stories and brown stories want to do so if you're gonna have crazy rich asians and you're gonna have love simon you're gonna have this i just feel like we should be allowed to take more chances with the tropes that we include or like there's always, like, I think in, like, writing classes, um, there's a lot of conversation of, like, you have to know the thing to defeat the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like you have to know the rom-com trope in order to subvert it. And I honestly, like, this is not, maybe this is a hot take. I, like, wish that people would be, like, would, like, make a romantic comedy, but, like, instead of, like, making it, like, a rom-com, we're like, okay, what makes something funny and what makes something romantic and, like, how do we make a movie about that and not think about what we consider a rom-com to be? There are movies that do that. but Like, like... I think it would be interesting to, like, have people, like, like, I know kind of we all, like, love the tropes. I mean, I don't know. I don't really love the trope that much. Rom-coms have always kind of made me feel weird. But, like, like why why can't we just like divorce ourselves a little bit more from the old things and like try and make something new and good like why can't we yeah why can't we just try and make something good and interesting and specific to ourselves yeah. like instead of just trying to like remake the thing that straight people have always had well it's so Be like easy. oh i wish we yeah. it 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 goes in with a kind of conformist idea of what it means to be gay which is like gay people just want to be like straight people like gay people just want to have like things that are like straight people and like not have to like deal with the trauma of being gay but it's not that gay people want to be just like straight people it's gay it's that gay people don't want to have like oppression so like when you're like yeah gay people want the same thing as straight people so let's just give them like movies that straight people have but are they're gay now like yeah like that's not what we want like that's just not what we want I, I think don't. There's, I don't I know. Think there's room for I guess both. I'm not every gay person. Well, <laughs> I think there's. <laughs> room, I think there's room for both the subversion of the rom com, because also like, I I feel very informed by the things I grew up watching, and I grew up watching a lot of rom coms, and I think it would be so cool to see what a queer rom com that's actually made for queer people looks like, because all we all I've seen are queer rom coms made to show to your mom. And then she'll, like, cry and apologize to you. Which is, like, what happened with Love, Simon. No, and what shut ha- up. And what shut happened- the fuck up. Oh, and, or, but, and, and here's the difference, You're actually. Right. The Big Sick is, a, is not a rom-com, but has romance and has comedy. And also has the devastation of, like, a breakup. In, in a more realistic way. I think The Big Sick is the closest thing to what you were talking about. Of, like, what is the non-formulaic rom-com. And it's that. And 
I think there's room for like the gay big sick movies and there's room for like this is a rom-com but at the end we fucked you up because guess what it's not the ending of a rom-com there's no airport there's no running to the airport scene there's no running to the gas station there's no there's no any of that it ends really sad there's also a movie called someone great with Gina Rodriguez and DeWanda Wise which is so funny and like it's about it's a breakup movie rather than like a relationship movie and it ends with like Gina Rodriguez's character just being like oh this is like a growing up movie but for 20 year olds into 30 year olds is what it turned out Mm -hmm. to be and actually I thought it was quite smart the writing was silly and it was like a silly movie but it it went into a place that I didn't think it would be brave enough, brave enough, quote unquote, to go into, which is she doesn't end up with the guy at the end again. Like, mm-hmm. she just decides that she's better off, and that was a part of her life, and she's accepted it, and now she's moved on. And I think that, like, I want more movies that take me on the journey of a rom-com and then, like, not even pull the rug out from under me at the end, but make me realize that, like, oh my god, that didn't have to be, that wasn't rom-coms made by queer people and people of color are different and like I want more of those and then I also want ones that take the elements of all the things and then don't address any tropes I I just think there's room for both but this movie claimed to be a rom-com so I'm judging it on what a rom-com is what it showed to me are the flaws of rom-coms is that like one we excuse really toxic behavior and um I don't care for the grand gestures anymore yeah yeah. Grand gestures aren't the same thing as like communication. No, they are not. And I, I here's the other thing is like because the way this year went and this year was so shit, I think people really don't want to shit on something that just was kind of joyful and it's maybe yeah. the only Christmas movie that could have come out this year and people could have only reacted to it in this way and it's just pretty breezy and if you're with the right person and you have enough wine in your system, yeah. it's a fun time. Yeah, that's, I guess, that's, that's the real motive of the, the real, like, the real, like, moral of this episode is that, like, this movie is bad, but, like, if you want to watch it with your friends while being drunk, then it'll be fun. Yeah. And I just hope that we'll make better things. I, I want the big, sick version of this movie. Well, obviously, you and I will make better things because we are better at writing than this. Duh. But, uh. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Clea Duvall. You really have an amazing career, and I'm just, like, a tiny podcaster. Like, I, like, don't know what's going on, but, like, but, like, you can do better than this. I know because I can do better than this. Okay, Clea Duvall has worked on Veep and, like, knows good writing. Was in But I'm a Cheerleader. Like, she was in But I'm a Cheerleader, which is a better movie than this. Instead of watching this, watch But I'm a Cheerleader. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. The Grudge, Zodiac. She's All That, which is actually a very fun rom-com. Um, Happiest Season, she directed. And then Girl Interrupted, fantastic film. And uh, But I'm a Cheerleader. And Argo, which also the writing was like pretty. I don't care about Ben Affleck. But Argo was, you know, arguably good. Here's the thing. Like, she has a great career, has been around good writing. So it's just funny to me that this is so boringly written and the only thing that makes it good is dan levy and kristen stewart's nipples Uh, um let's just do the bitch meter right (laughs) and that's it and that's that on that Um, that's that okay great it's time for the bitch meter
Mitch meter. Where we, like, rank the thing on representation, which we really just talked circles about for, like, 40 minutes. So... If you want to know what representation actually means, just listen to the rest of the episode. Listen to the rest of the episode, but this um, is just a numerical uh, we use ranking on what the film looked like. Nita, what did we give it on queer? Uh, we gave it a four because, like, you know, it just had a lot of gay people in it. Have you seen a movie with this many gay people? Probably not. So it gets a four. <laughs> it just did a bad job, so anyway, it doesn't get a five. Yeah. What do we give it for gender? We gave it a four for gender because it's got, it do be having women. Do be having it do more be having women, women than it be having men um amazing for race we gave it a one um (laughs) because i'm like very annoyed by the way people of color are used in this movie i mean there are four of them that i remember um it's weird to me that that indian woman acts like a fucking karen i would love a movie about indian people acting like karens just better though yeah um and make it better and also i just think it's very odd that all the people in color all the people of color in this movie are villainized in some way whether it be like the kids being shitty to Kristen Stewart or the husband sleeping with um actually another person of color um to cheat on his white wife um and then like that Indian Karen lady anyway one okay do, do, do. uh okay for disability we gave it an na minus one because of jane being weirdly coded as autistic and like yeah. it being weird and yeah feeling weird about it the whole time oh. Yeah, she's just, uh, the fact that she wrote a fantasy novel was, like, such a thing at the end, and, like, again, another thing that people, like, kind of bullied her for in the movie, I just, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, can we, can this, can this die? Like, can we not do this anymore? It was like the movie was being mean to her, and not the people within the movie, not just the people within the movie. It was everything was being mean to her, and and I get that it was for comedic relief or whatever, but it wasn't even funny. Like, it just was like, upsetting. I don't know. I'm just, like, tired of, like, I don't, I just don't like watching people be mean to other people. Is that allowed? Like, like, am I allowed to be a writer who hates watching people be mean to people? Obviously, it's, like, f- conflict is fun to watch, but not when it's bullying someone for personality traits that don't hurt anybody. Yeah. yeah. It's just, like, frustrating. She's it's just like an- here living her life. Has, nice. has dealt with the least shit from her family because she didn't really care about what they thought of her. And I did like her moment that was like, why do you guys hate me being in this family? And, like, that was interesting to me. But, like, yeah. again, not enough time to deal with it. This movie actually didn't ever deal with any of the things that I was trying to deal with, so that's why it sucks. So, NA-1. For body positivity... Yeah. We gave it. We gave it our standard NA minus one. We were talking about how we miss giving things NA minus ones because while. we've been giving it just bad scores for body positivity. But just cast a fat person in cast anything one ever. Fat person, please. Um, one fat person for class. This movie is not class conscious. It's just got rich people in it, which is not the same thing. Um, and we talked about the poor little rich girl thing. Watch The Handmaiden if you want to feel sorry for a rich person um yeah in an interesting <laughs> in an interesting yeah. way oh my god that gives us a final score of drum roll please four out of ten on the bitch meter great awesome Yay. it's time for harris's hot take what is my hot take on <laughs> on the on the lesbian get out movie happiest season um i posted this on 
I think I posted on Instagram, but really the summary of that movie for me is just break up with your Republican dad. Um, <laughs> I couldn't, was, was the dad a Republican? I don't actually know. The dad was not a bad person. No, that's like a thing. No, why was she Ga- so Ga- nervous? I don't think the dad was Republican. Uh, it felt Republican. It, he me. felt like Republican coded, but like yeah. coded as a Republican. I don't think I am completely gay because Aubrey Plaza oh. and Kristen Stewart, yes, like mm-hmm. they could fully just, mm, just like mm-hmm. own me. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I want Kristen Stewart to leave that blazer on, yeah, but nothing, nothing else. else. <laughs> just the blazers and, Kristen Stewart and just the blazers and, what we deserve uh, I was on to something in the in the sixth grade when I loved Twilight anyway Harris what were you gonna say the sister the one who like I think is neurodivergent because I feel like that's how she was coded and that's kind of how my brother acts sometimes I like loved her and I felt yeah. so angry at every character for being mean to her and I know they like accepted her at the end, but oh my gosh! Like when you when you grow up with someone who's neurodivergent, the way that they were treating her just made me so angry. We just talked about okay. this. We just talked about this, so it is amazing that you had the exact same take. <sighs> it made me so fucking angry. It is. Yeah, yeah. We were, yeah. And she was like such a creative. <laughs> Yeah, she literally was just, like, living her life. We we were talking about how a better version of this movie would have been John realizing that just because he's effeminate doesn't mean he can't be bisexual, and um, him ending up with Jane because they had such a good relationship, so it would have been Jane and John. Kaya, um, you literally just described Dan Levy's character in Schitt's Creek. It's what he, like, deserves. It's literally Dan Levy in Schitt's Creek. Um, Thank you for this wonderful hot take. (laughs) It was so spicy. I love you. It was so spicy. I love y'all. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, what are you working on, Gaia? God, I'm working on a film, and yes. honestly, my producer and director are both kind of annoyed with me because I should have had it done yesterday, actually Monday, but I don't. It's so okay. I have Cameron's to... about to be annoyed with me because I am sending him a new edit of the film, and he needs to do sound, do mixing and stuff for it. Yay. I love both of us being the people who do bad stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway. Just like, it honestly, I it took me like a week to even look at the footage because I was so paralyzed by like looking at it. I was yeah, just so scared. I have to, I just have to write the rest of the movie. And that's the same um, with what I'm working on, which I already said. So that's it. Ooh, we're working. What a long Did you know that episode. making art isn't always fun and sexy? Sometimes it's just being tired. No, sometimes, like, today I finally, like, looked at some some footage, and it was so easy to describe to my editor what to fix, but I mm-hmm. put that off for so long because I, the, the work of, like, doing that is more emotionally exhausting than it is to actually just fucking do it. Let's get going. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nita underscore Thadani, T-H-A-D-A-N-I. And you can follow me on Instagram at Gaia Rose River. You can follow the Bitch Why Podcast on uh, Instagram or Twitter at Bitch Why Podcast. Um, or you can email us, and you should email us because we don't know what we're going to do for New Year's yet. Um, yeah. At B.T.C.H.W.H.Y. 
at gmail.com. And yeah, and if you send us an email, we'll definitely read it out loud. Yes, out loud. At some point. Um, please leave a review and rate us on iTunes. Um, all of the resources referenced will be in the show notes. Um, I will see if Daniel will let us post his manifesto here as well. Um, thank you to our editor and co-producer Cameron, who's sitting right next to me, and our graphic designer Jillian, <gasps> who's not sitting right next. Who's to not me. sitting right next to me. Um, have a good night. Good bitches. night, bitches. Have good a happier night. season than this movie. Yeah. Good night.